It's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. Asianboxing.info is the website. Scott, how have you been? I've been melting. The British heat wave continues and continues, and I think it's probably not going to end anytime soon. What do you do in the heat wave? Are you, uh, like, I, I go inside my house and just hang out there? Are you... I go outside and and go buy some ice cream to cool off. How do you mitigate the heat wave? We've got this new idea of wearing ice baths. I know they're very original. That's smart. Ice baths, some ice cream, some cool water. Yeah, you have to try and do it all during the hot summer days, right? You've got to have ice cream any time of the year, not just when it's hot. That's a good point. I'm sorry. Uh, Ice cream is always, always a good choice. Um, gosh, Scott, we have a lot to, to talk about, so let's get right into it. And let's start off, let's go back just a little bit um, to some fights that happened in Karakan Hall a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had Nakagaki uh, at Hanada. This one was for the Japanese youth super flyweight title, and it was a really, really, really good on paper. Uh, Ryutaru Nagagaki was a former amateur standout, one of the best amateurs in Japan. Ayumi Hanada, on the other hand, learned his trade in Mexico, styled himself on Ricardo Lopez. Um, it was a big puncher, and together they put on a hell of a bout. This was just fantastic. The guys sort of neutralized each other really well. It was a high tempo, um, very technical, but very, very, very well thought, very exciting bout that the judges just couldn't split them in. Um, they ended up in a, a majority decision draw, leaving the youth title vacant, and hopefully they'll go again. It was just a fantastic bout. You come away a little disappointed whenever you see a draw. You see a great fight, you see a draw, but maybe this was one that was a draw, rightfully so, and, and like you said, you can get that second bout. Yeah, they're two really young guys. I think Nagagaki's 21, Hanada's 19. Real young kids, really bright future. The Japanese youth title, which we'll be speaking a a little bit more about in a few minutes, is uh, one of the best things in Japanese boxing. You're getting these young kids putting their unbeaten records online. And I think I've seen the prospects redevelop because of it as well. I'd love to see other countries start throwing young prospects in against each other for some silverware like we saw here. I agree with 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 your statement saying we need more of that uh, around the the world because so many times we have young fighters saying ah you know I don't know if I want to get in there and fight against another top young contender because I have that O on my record and I want to keep on staying undefeated so my name gets bigger. Um, I I love the fact that you could have two undefeated fighters get in the ring against each other and, and fight for, for a title like that. I think um, we're actually seeing that issue really at the top of the spot as well with the whole um, lightweight situation and Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney and everyone else just not fighting. Come on, if you risk your records early, then you've lost that fear of losing your and just go for it. Yeah, and so what? If you have a loss, you have a loss. I mean, I... I don't know when that started to become such a big deal, having a loss on your record, because everyone is going to take a loss at some point, right? I mean, uh, the greatest of the greats had losses. You look at Sugar Sugar Ray Robinson's record. I mean, he has losses on that record, but he also has, you know, well over 170 wins. So 
it it's just frustrating to see people try and cover up that O when we as boxing fans, we just want to see the best fights made. And, and in order to do that, in order to see those best fights made, someone has to lose their O. Yeah, we should be defending Mars fight as fight fans, to be honest. But alas, there's only so much we can do, Scott. Uh, someone who is still undefeated and one of the top rising stars in Japan, Ginjiro Shigeoka, back in the ring fighting Toshiki Kawamitsu for the WBO Asia Pacific minimum weight title. Yeah, Ginjiro Shigeoka versus Toshiki Kawamitsu was another one of those bouts that had unbeaten records. It had young guys fighting. It had all hallmarks of um, what we love about Japanese boxing right now. Unfortunately, it was Shigeoka's first bout since December 2019 when he stopped Ray Loretta. Um, COVID really took the momentum out of his career, but he uh, he took his opportunity and really got fun stuff him again as he just blitzed Kawamitsu in two rounds. Um, Kawamitsu had impressed me last year his win over Kenshi Noda was brilliant in one of the best fights of 2020 and Shigeoka just ran through him um, and I think really Shigeoka is now proving that he deserves a world title fight he smashed Ray Loretta he's smashed Clyde Azakon he's now beaten Kawamitsu get him in there with knockout CP Freshmount the the beauty for him is he started so young, only what nineteen when when he started, maybe a little younger, eighteen when he started his, his career. But you would like to see him because he's so talented, really start to get those world title shots. Yeah, well, it's time set on his side. There is also the issue that if he fights this level of opponent too many times, he's not going to progress. He's going to regress a little bit. He's going to fall into bad habits and it makes more sense to keep in there with someone he, he might lose against uh, who will sort him out and I think that's what he needs he needs the top guys unfortunately due to his size only 5 foot he probably won't be moving through the weights but take a hold of that division right now and just rip through it I don't see anybody at 105 pounds who beats him it's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin AsianBoxing.info uh, we recently mentioned how we love youth titles in Japan. And a couple of days ago, man, did we see a, a fun title fight between two youngsters, both undefeated. Uh, the Japanese youth light welterweight title, Jin Sasaki. He's a star. Kaiki Yuba. Scott, this was a barn burner. This was. This is what you kind of come to expect from Jin Sasaki. Um, aggression, big punches, a little bit of a sense of crudeness, but real excitement right from the off. Um, this time, it was him on the receiving end of a, a lot of the big punches being dropped in round one, dropped again in round two, taking a hammer in the corner. Uh, just gives Huber's chin at one point, and out of nowhere, lands a, lands a single left hook and just turns about around. It's just one and a half rounds of absolute chaos, and it was brilliant, brilliant action. The thing about Jin Sasaki is you mentioned he's crude, he's arrogant, um, and it, it seemed like it, that was his downfall here in, in the fight against Yuba because Yuba was picking him apart early on. It seemed that Sasaki was, was okay with just getting hit, and, and he was trying to prove a point, but that point almost turned into disaster for him because he gets knocked down twice 
but he has that great equalizer, which is his power. Yeah, I do wonder if it was perhaps a mistake by the Hachiyoji Nakaya gym to put this belt on in Sasaki's hometown of Hachiyoji. I think we already know he's arrogant. We already know he's a little bit cocky. He's got a bit of bravado, a bit of that machismo, and maybe getting him in his hometown um, was perhaps drawing a little bit too much of that machismo of him. But a Punisher, um, hopefully... Fingers crossed, he does wise enough and doesn't take so many risks going forward. As for Yuba, I think he's got the style of his father. Um, his father is a five-weight Japanese natural champion called Tadashi Yuba, who became Mr. Corican Hall and was just he was just so much excitement. So if Kaiki gets a career like his father, I don't really think we're going to complain about a loss like this. If I had anything for Sasaki, that's just a learning experience. Um, maybe a little overconfident coming in and, and thinking that he was just going to walk through Yuba instead. Now, he, he found out this guy has a big left. And um, moving forward, maybe don't be so brash. Maybe don't be so arrogant. In fact, for Jin Sasaki, it does not get easier for him because he has to face another young star in Japan, Andy Hiroka. Yeah, that part was um, pretty much known about before this one. It was known that Hirawaka would face the winner of Yuba Sasaki for the Japanese um, national title, which had been given up by Masahiro Suzuki. Uh, with Sasaki winning, Hirawaka then joined him in the ring and they, they helped promote that fight, which will take place on October 19th. And it'll be at Korokan Hall, so I think that might do Sasaki some favours. But Hirawaka is such a talent, and this could be... Um, it could be Sasaki coming up short on Fred. I mean, that's an exciting fight for me. I, I think you have two different styles. Hiroka, a little, little slicker, a little smarter. Um, but he's aggressive too. And, and Sasaki, I don't know, just with that power, you just never know. Yeah, you always got to give him a chance. Um, but can he keep it together? And can he land it? That's always a question when it comes to punches. Can they ever land yeah, some of those punches, he looked like he was going to end up in the second row with some of the punches he was throwing against Yuba. He like a Bob Roller. <laughs> I love it, though. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yesterday, we had another uh, big title fight at Crockin Hall. This was the, the Japanese national flyweight title bout between Siego Yuriakwai and Taku Kuwahara. Um, it was... Akwai's second defense of the title that he won, I believe, in 2019. And this was cracking. This was just absolutely brilliant. Um, Kuahara got put down in the first round, then fought back, and they were even going inside the last two or three rounds before Akwai took him out with a single right hand with about 10 seconds left. It was, it was gutting for Kuahara to come back from the knockdown and fought so valiantly, only to then be taken out with seconds of the belt left. Akwai is another one of those boxers who is, is up and coming, a young star, and he's been on somewhat of a streak here, four wins in a row, and all by, or three of them by by uh, TKO, so he's kind of coming into his own right now. Of course, one of his tough losses was to, to Junto Nakatani, who's a world champ, so it's nothing to, to shake your head at if you're Akwai. Interestingly, he did say that he wants that rematch with Nakatani next year. So, yeah, you know, all Japanese world title fight flyweight. Yes, please. Um, a really strange thing about Akai is he has 
11 knockouts, and I think nine were, nine of them are in the first round. He's devastating early in bouts. Yeah, so that's someone that uh, you have to keep your eye out for. And, and hey, let's, let's see him get back in there with Nakatani, if Nakatani can take care of, of business against Angel Acosta. Fingers crossed. Um, that card also had some other really good fighters on it as well, uh, just whilst we're on the subject of that card. Uh, Toshia Ishii stopped Jin Minamida in a fantastic uh, bounce-back win. And Suzumi Takayama is one of those guys who's not on anyone's radar, but he just blitzed Kazuki Tomioka in the opening round, dropping Tomioka three times in less than two minutes. He's one to have on the radar. The Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin Asian Boxing.info. Uh, Scott, tomorrow uh, at the Edion Arena in Osaka, we have a couple of big, exciting title fights. We have a couple of actual cards there, one after the other. Um, and the venue is also known as the Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium, and at one point it was known as the wonderfully named Bodymaker Coliseum. I don't know why they not kept that name. That was brilliant. That's a lot better. A little more exciting than Eddie on Arena. Exactly. Uh, the first out, one of those cards will be headlined by Kinosuke Kamida taking on Subasa Narai for the Japanese featherweight title. Kamida is the cousin of Koki, Daiki, and Tomoki. And Narai is the um, All Japan Rookie of the Year winner from this year. Both guys can punch, so that one should be really, really exciting. Um, it's one of those ones that's hard to pick because Kamida are probably not as good as Narai. I think seven or eight inches height difference. He's really, really freakish for a guy at the weight. But um, the other card is, I think, probably the more more interesting one. Um, we have Thunder. <laughs> and that'll be headlined by Riku Kanu taking on Takumi Sakai uh, for the... WBO Edge Pacific Light Flyweight title, whilst Yuki Nonaka will defend the WBO Edge Pacific title, uh, middleweight title against Koki Koshikawa. Those bouts for that card will be streamed live on YouTube on Osaka TV. So fans who are up at weird times can watch that one because I think it's a very, very early start for a Japanese card. A lot of action going on, Scott. Japanese boxing on fire right now. And gosh, I, I, I almost wish that we had so many title fights over here as, as we have in Japan right now. You guys need a domestic title. Seriously, there needs to be a proper American title. I mean, I guess there's just so many titles now that they're like, why, you know? Yeah, the world titles, they devalue themselves, but that's not a national title. That's something that the guys just in the country want to fight for. I think now with just the amount of title fights, yeah, it's... It would get even messier, so maybe I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Scott, we have to get to a lot of news and, and notes to talk about. Where do you want to start? I mean, there's there's so many exciting things that are happening in this sport right now. There is. I think probably one story that we do need to touch on quite early is um, Kazito Ayaka finally got an apology from the Japan Boxing Commission. Finally? Yeah, finally. He uh, attended a press conference with the... Their um their chairman who basically said sorry man we messed up so, yeah why it took you so long to apologize it wasn't like yeah I could blame anyone else you guys messed up and um 
it's a mistake. And apparently the Japan uh, Boxing Commission will massively change how they do drug testing. So at least we've got positives out of it. But what a cluster mess of a mistake. It's just ugly. I think the JBC does a lot of things right. Obviously, this was this is not one of them. And it's unfortunate because he Ioka is one of the legends, all-time legends, uh, in in Japanese boxing. Um, so you you would want a little bit more respect shown to to one of your legends, a guy who possibly could be in the Hall of Fame, probably going to be in the the Boxing Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. And yeah, it's just unfortunate. And I think the big thing is why didn't they come out sooner with the apology? You already make one mistake. Or a couple of mistakes with the just the mess that was this this drug testing and then the police and involving them, but once you make all those mistakes, just come right out and apologize. Yeah, one of the big mistakes also was how did it get leaked to the media? And um, that was one of the things that appeared to have annoyed Dayoka the most is why was it leaked before I got to know about it? Well, now you know everything gets leaked to the media now with Twitter and and yeah, it's just it's a mess. But he should at least been told he'd fill the drug test for the media were told. Oh, yeah, he definitely should have known first. Um, more interesting news about Ayaka's former stablemate, Ryo Miyazaki, who's announced that he'll be returning, and he's actually signed with the um, the 3150 gym run by Koki Kamida. So it could be interesting to see how Miyazaki looks after so long out. His last bout was against Ryoichi Taguchi years ago. Um... Always a fun guy to watch. Pretty limited, but hopefully, hopefully he'll be involved in some terrorists because he's got an exciting style. It appears we're in a thunderstorm. Yay! Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was wondering what's that, what's going on in the background. <laughs> um, talking about Miyazaki returning, it's worth noting that Valentin Hosokawa has announced his retirement following his beatdown at the hands of Masayuki Ito a few weeks ago. Um, right decision. Hosokawa, really popular guy, but he took a whooping there. And it's, it's a good thing he's hanging them up. Um, such a nice guy as well. So it really is a shame he, he went out on the back of that loss. You would want to see him end with, with a win, but um, I think you can't be ashamed at hanging it up after a tough fight against Ito. Yeah, and he's 40. Um, if, if you're still even competitive with someone like Ito at the age of 40, yeah, you're a real, real tough guy. Um, we also saw the news that Takuma Inoue, the brother of Noya, will be facing Shingo Waki. Uh, I believe that's in November in what is a brilliant matchup at £122. Um, real test for Inoue. If he loses, it's hard to know where he goes. And if Waki loses... His hopes of getting a second world title fighter over. It's a real technical bout on paper. Both guys are very sharp shooters, very good move for boxers. Um, really, really interesting one. Who would have thought that we we're going to see Takuma move up before uh, Naoya? Yeah, Naoya said, yeah, I'm not too bad about 122 pounds at the moment. You know, I want to unify these. Little boy goes, I want that division now. I'm going to get it. Um, it might be a little bit too much for Takuma. I don't think he's got the stopping power, but it'll be an interesting one to see. He's definitely got the skills to compete at the level. Uh, at the end of this month, we'll see Kanzu return to the ring as he faces Lee Wood in um, Eddie Hearn's back garden. 
Well, we may get weather like this. Thunderstorms? Thunderstorms? Thunderstorms, rain. Ah, good old British weather's back. Hallelujah, how we've missed you. Thunderstorms, but 87 degrees outside? Or 31 degrees Celsius outside? <laughs> yeah, I don't think the weather can make its mind. Um, talking about world title fights in the UK, it does seem like Jason Mama may be the first challenger for Sonny Edwards, and that could take place in September um, in London. So that. That's an interesting one, because Mama was originally supposed to fight Maruti Mathlane last year, and that bout got cancelled because the promoter had completely messed up. So for Mama to get a shot at Edwards seems really fair, given that Edwards eventually fought Mathlane. Um, interesting fight. I think we've all favoured Edwards, but Filipinos have come to the UK and, and certainly scored some upsets before. I, I, I have a quick question for Mama. Um, he's heck of a fighter. Does he come out to mama said, knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. I think that would be a, a good, uh, walk up song. It'd be a good choice. I've not seen him use it, but Hey, who knows? Maybe it's for cooking mama to calm his mind before a fight as well. Yeah. I think walk, walk out song. Mama said, knock you out. LL Cool J. Put that one in the playlist, Jason. <laughs> it's quite funny that Sonny Edwards' younger brother, younger brother, maybe older brother, brother Charlie Edwards, suffered his first loss to a Filipino. And now we could see uh, Sonny suffer a loss to a Filipino. It'd just be rather interesting. Um, one of the tiny bit of news is that Takeshi Inoue has been in the UK sparring with Anthony Fowler how, what I would do to pay for that sparring session that would have been absolutely brutal yeah is there any way you could uh, make your way in there you know you're part of the media you're you're in the press yeah you can only imagine how brutal that is both guys like throw big bombs both are a little bit defensively um, limited but yeah that would have been brutal to watch <sighs> please someone leak footage of that one both guys are just brawlers Fun styles. What what fight is is that for for Fowler? What are they preparing him for? I'm not sure. Originally, the plan was for Inoue to actually have a world title fight in the UK. I assume they were lining up Michelle Sorrow for him, but for whatever reason, the bout fell through, and as a result, they kind of just said, "How about you come have a spa session? You come have a training camp over here for three weeks." Um, I imagine for Fowler, it's just tough sparring. Uh, probably the same thing anyway. I I love Inoue. He he goes wherever. You know, he he doesn't need to just stay in Japan to fight. He'll fight over overseas. He'll go over, um, you know, to the United States to to the UK. So he's just a brawler. He just wants to fight. Exactly. It's like guys, you gotta love as limited as he is. You gotta love him. He just comes to fight and just smiles and and comes for it. Yeah. Um, the sort of fight we need more of in this sport rather than the guys that protect the zero that we mentioned earlier. We need more of that to, to grow this sport, to promote it, instead of all this, uh, I just want to keep my O and talk trash on Instagram and Twitter. One very final bit of news, and this is pretty much predictable. Masamichi Yabuki has vacated the Japanese light flyweight title. This was expected because he's fighting Kenshiro in September, um, and there's no point in holding the Japanese title with that belt looming. 
Yeah, he's going for the big one, Scott. He wants it all. He wants the world title. Exactly. There's no point in keeping the little tiddler, which I believe Shokichi Iwata will now fight for, but I don't think his opponent's been named as of yet. Okay, another another young star. A lot of different young stars in Japan right now, and uh, it's exciting. I love it because you get to see them challenge themselves and chase after greatness, and you just have a bunch of them going after uh, you know, these different domestic belts, and it really is breeding or it's creating great champions that are coming out of Japan, and it's just going to keep going if, if they continue to challenge themselves like they are. Yeah, it's proving just how vital a good domestic scene is as well. Um, it prepares them for the next level. It gets them ready to fight at world title level as opposed to sometimes what we see here where the British title isn't any more um, what it used to be. It used to be that the British title and the European title were stepping stones. Now they're kind of being ignored a little bit and it's a shame that we're not seeing the best in Britain always fight for them. Yeah, and over here, we just have guys talking trash on Twitter. Not even getting in the ring. Come on, America. The greatest boxing country in history. More champions than anyone else, but we're, we're falling behind the eight ball right now. Step it up. Set me in the keyboards. Uh, it's been the Asian Boxing Podcast. Asianboxing.info with Scott and Colin. If you love the website... If you love the videos, the news, the notes, even if you love this podcast, which I don't blame you if you do, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. But until then, we will talk to you next time.